How do you feel when you hear the word budget? Do your shoulders tighten? Are you preparing to throw a hip check to protect your Starbucks cup? Can you feel someone slipping a straitjacket around you? It's a rough word, and words matter. Yet it's a concept that can heal our relationship with money and soothe our financial anxieties. But how do we do it? How do we embrace a word that triggers so much tension? Welcome to the Smart Money Mama Show where moms get real about money to help you find your financial confidence and live your best life. Now let's talk money, mamas. Hey there, mamas. I'm your host, Chelsea Brennan, and today we're talking about budgeting from a mindset of abundance. Far too often, budgeting is discussed as a way to limit, restrict, tighten down our spending. And as a person who believes deep in my soul that words matter, I know that these ways of talking and thinking about budgeting are holding us back from the healthy relationship with money and wealth we all want for ourselves, for our spouse, for our kids. How is this thought process holding us back? Those words, and honestly, many of the common budgeting practices, force us into a mindset of scarcity, that there isn't enough that we're doing something wrong, that something is wrong with us, that budgeting is a punishment for people who are bad with money. But what if we flip the script? What if, instead of thinking about budgeting as a restriction, we associated it with mindfulness, intention, and joy? It would take practice, like all worthwhile things do. But by treating budgeting as the radical act of self-love that it is, we can connect our money with the goals and things we value most in life. Now be honest with me, just hearing me say... Budgeting as a radical act of self-love sounded weird to you, didn't it? Don't worry, you're not alone. And I'm going to give you five tools right now to help you budget from a place of abundance and love. As a reminder, if you want to access any of the resources mentioned in this podcast episode, see a summary of what I covered, or download your free Healthy Money Mantras worksheets, go to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash seven, just the number seven, and I'll have everything you need right there. Without further ado, Let's dive in and budget from abundance. The first strategy is to identify the great things your budget will help you do. Your budget should never be about the things you can't do. First of all, you're in control. You decide what fits in your budget and what doesn't. If something doesn't fit, it should be because you decided it didn't align with your broader plan right now. It doesn't mean never. It means not right now. And to feel that sense of control and power, there's something you need to do before you ever dive into your budget. You need to take the time to, one, identify what matters most to you, two, where do you want to go in life and how do you want your money to serve you, and three, you need to reflect on where finding your courage and managing your money with intention will bring you. Maybe a thoughtful budget gets you closer to that big Disney vacation with your kids. Maybe it builds your emergency fund so you have the safety net you need to start a business you've been dreaming of. Maybe it helps send your kids to college. I'll tell you what, for me, I know a big part of my desire to save money and achieve financial independence at a relatively young age is tied to my core value of family. Not only do I not want to ever be a burden on my kids, I mean, who does, but I want to be the parent and the grandparent that's around, that is able to retire and help out with childcare, to build a close relationship with my grandkids, to have the flexibility and wealth to someday in what feels like the distant future, Go on vacation with my boys and their families to help with the kids so they can actually relax a bit. It doesn't matter that my kids are toddlers. I want that deeply. And when I pull that image out of my mind, saving a little extra for early retirement doesn't feel like a restriction. It feels like a gift to my future self and my boys. Now, if you're listening to this and you're in debt or living paycheck to paycheck, these ideas may seem impossible or simply foreign. But it works for you, too. Your images might just be a little different at the beginning. 
What would it feel like to not have debt payments, to not be waiting anxiously for your next paycheck? Would you feel free and secure, relaxed and empowered? Those are the images you should focus on when you sit down to budget. Not the mental lashing you you're giving yourself for being where you are right now, but the encouraging images of where this will let you go. And if this is hard for you, literally make it visible. Create a vision board to hang by your desk or in your bathroom where you can see it every day. Include images of your goals, pictures of people embodying the freedom and security that you're seeking. When you focus on what your budget gives you instead of what it might take away, you come to it with a mentality of purpose and empowerment and joy. Will you still have to rein in your spending in some places? Almost certainly. Sorry, it's true. But you'll get to choose those places based on the vivid, meaningful things your budget is giving you, not just because some money guru or financial advisor told you you had to. Feels a little better, right? But what about those expenses we have to make that don't feel aligned with what we want today? Well, that's our next tip. Your second strategy for budgeting with abundance is to rename your budget categories. Remember when I said earlier that words matter? It's still true. Something we hear all the time from the mamas in our community is that they try to sit down and budget with meaning and purpose, but they get the life sucked out of them. Whew, those are some big words. When they have to pay their huge student loan bill or the car loan that they're upside down on and can't get out of. They start to focus on berating themselves for decisions they made in the past and they lose touch with where they're going and the healthy relationship they're trying to build with money through their budgeting practice. I feel ya. Scanning down your budget and seeing mortgage, car note, student loans... Not exactly fun and super disconnected from how those things serve us. So reconnect them. Literally rename your budget categories. You can shift rent or mortgage to our home, sanctuary, or the borough for my fellow Potterheads. Change car payment to wheels or freedom to roll. Redefine groceries as nourishment or healthy fuel. Barry Tesler, one of the founders of Financial Therapy, has shared that she and her husband renamed their taxes category Community Contribution. For your debts, think about what those things got you and how they impacted your life at the time. Student loans can become quality education or opening my mind or whatever attending college meant for you. Even if you aren't using your degree as you intended, what did the experience give you? A best friend, your spouse, a teacher that changed your life? Rename the category to remind you of that. This all seems so silly, but especially when your budget is tight and you don't feel like you have a lot of intention and choice with your money, connecting with how you're spending enriches your life will make the process easier. Now, you don't need to rename everything. Focus first on the non-optional expenses that bring up negative emotions for you. That credit card you're still paying off from last year's vacation? Lasting family memories. Be playful and creative. Choose a style that works for you. Heck, if you have a category where you just can't find a positive angle... Name it something that makes you chuckle. We have to come to and address money with ease. When so many of us think about a person who is quote unquote good with money, we conjure up this image of a woman in a black business suit with a fancy briefcase pouring over spreadsheets. But that makes money stiff and stressful and scary. Renaming our budget categories is a simple way to remind ourselves that money is personal and unique and that you can come to it as you are and find success. No uncomfortable business suits needed. Now, before we move on to the next strategy, I want to take a quick pause to tell you about our rock star sponsors that help make the Smart Money Mama show possible. Be right back. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by Debt.com. If you're feeling overwhelmed by monthly payments or balances, but don't know who to turn to, Debt.com can match you with a trustworthy debt solution provider to help you create a solid debt freedom plan. You can learn more by visiting smartmoneymamas.com backslash debt or by calling their free support line at 844-462-8280. Debt.com for when life happens. Listen up, Mama. If you're doing laundry or driving to work thinking, yeah, yeah, Chelsea, all this sounds great, but budgeting still means I have to cut back on some of my fun expenses, and that seems um not fun, then this next strategy is for you. Your third strategy for budgeting with abundance is to keep joy and gratitude in your life. Let's talk first about joy and fun, because I've got an announcement for you. Over-the-top, joyful, incredible experiences and activities don't have to cost a lot of money. Often, they don't have to cost any money at all. Yes, you love going out to dinner with friends, taking your kids to an amusement park, or traveling around the world. And maybe, right now, your ideal vision of how you want to do that is out of reach. But you do have options, and really good ones. When I was in college and in the first few years out of school, my friends and I used to host regular doffs. What's a doff? A day of fun. We'd come up with a list of crazy little things we could do that otherwise, without the framing of a doff and the permission to be silly, we wouldn't have done. There were doffs where we'd have cookie-making competitions, carve pumpkins, go geocaching or apple picking, have movie marathons that kept us up late into the night. One time, a bunch of right-brain ladies spent hours each making a scrapbook layout. There were so many laughs. Another great idea? My sister-in-law used to host an annual Iron Chef competition. She and her friends would pick an ingredient, and they all had to bring an item to a potluck that included that ingredient, and then they'd vote on the best one. Usually there was a little prize from the dollar store, but mostly, everyone had fun debating who was skirting the rules or laughing about someone who made something completely unexpected. None of these things cost a lot of money, but I still laugh thinking about them and the memories that I made with friends. When you're feeling like your financial situation is keeping you from doing fun things, take a step back and make a list of fabulous, frugal, fun activities you could do with your spouse, your kids, or your friends. Most public libraries have passes to local museums, zoos, and aquariums that you can check out of the library for free. You could invite your girlfriends over to do a paint night in your living room with a YouTube video and $1 canvases from Dollar Tree. Make a new recipe from a country you want to visit. Do these things require you to think out of the box a little? Maybe even be a little silly? Of course they do. But I can promise you that you and your friends will be talking about $1 paint night a lot longer than a night out for drinks. Which brings us to the second part of this strategy. Gratitude. Gratitude is one of those things every parent wants their kid to have. None of us want to raise Veruca Salt, and we know the challenges faced by adults plagued by entitlement. Luckily, one of the greatest ways to keep abundance in our money relationship and teach our kids about gratitude is to practice it ourselves. After hearing Brene Brown give a talk where she shared that each night at dinner, every member of her family shares something they're grateful for, we started to do it at home too. And at first, the things we were grateful for were obvious, and my husband and I clearly felt a little uncomfortable in the exercise. But over time, we started to look for things to be grateful for throughout our day, things we could share at the dinner table. And as my husband and I shared more thoughtful things, our four-year-old started to as well. When you start to feel restricted by your budget, take a moment to call to mind some of the blessings in your life, the stuff you are immensely grateful for, or the small stuff you too often overlook. Try keeping a journal or an open running note on your phone. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. Feeling grateful or still a little anxious? 
Hold on to your feelings because that brings us into our next strategy. Pay attention to your emotions. Ah, emotions. Couldn't we just deal with money like a Vulcan, all logic and clarity? Nah, not really. We've We've talked about this a lot with our mindset focus this month, but money is tied to our sense of survival and core basic needs. It's linked to our ability to keep a roof over our heads, food in our mouths, and clothes on our backs. Even if things aren't quite that dire, that connection to security and comfort means that our feelings about money are super, super strong. As you start to budget with abundance, maybe even months or years into your practice, you're going to have times when you feel anxious about addressing your money. When you want to shut down and ignore your finances completely, or when you want to check your budget every two hours, panicked that the rug is going to be pulled out from under you. These are your old money stories and beliefs coming up. Don't ignore them. When you're feeling this way, don't try to just shout down your anxiety, telling yourself, Chelsea says budgeting is good and abundant. Y'all know that doesn't work. As Barry Tesler says, you can no more resolve old money stories by turning your back on them than you can forgive a friend by pushing him or her out of your awareness. We have to give those feelings space. Instead of shoving them away, take a moment. Take a deep breath. Ground yourself however works for you. Closing your eyes and taking inventory of how your body feels. Identifying five things you can see or touch. Doing a short meditation. Then address your feelings calmly. What's bringing up the worry? What's different about today or this week? Did your mom say something that triggered old fears? Let's look at an example. Maybe money is particularly tight and you're convinced you can't make ends meet this month. You see your weekly money meeting with yourself pop up and every fiber in your body wants to hit ignore. Okay, deep breath. Ask yourself how you can make it better. You can tell yourself, okay, mama, I can feel your anxiety and all the stress of the last time a month like this got us in debt and out of control. But let's reclaim our power. First, we're going to update this budget and see how bad things actually are and what we're worrying about that isn't real. Then, if I don't see an easy solution in the budget, I'm going to come up with three ideas to plug the gap, step away for a bit, and review them tonight or tomorrow by myself or with my spouse. By having internal dialogues like this, you're validating and honoring the negative emotions and the place they're coming from, but reminding yourself that you have the skills and tools to move forward. And while this is important for the times when negative emotions come up, being aware of how we feel about money and about our day is crucial for the good days too. Celebrate your wins. Did you sit down for your budget update calmly, addressing a few unexpected shifts and walking away feeling confident? Take a pause, do a dance, pat yourself on the back. This is winning and this is the relationship we want to build with money. But your relationship with money and your budget, like with all things, will ebb and flow. Some months you're going to feel like Warren Buffett and sometimes you'll be a hot mess. That's okay. And as you learn how to identify and connect with your money emotions, you might start to see some patterns. Maybe you find your money anxiety creeps up when your partner has his monthly night out with friends because he rarely sticks to the budget and puts the family in a pinch. Or maybe you might find that working on spending less on food brings up a major fear about not having enough. Your family growing up didn't always have enough food and cutting back, even if your new lower budget is more than enough, still feels scary. Shame and fear are less powerful in the light of day. Addressing your money concerns and your money emotions doesn't mean that you'll immediately have a solution, but it'll mean you know where those feelings are coming from. Giving your emotions space and attention is its own lifelong practice. A lot of us, definitely me, have trouble with it. 
especially because we live in a world that seems to think the standard of being okay is being happy 100% of the time. Yet by practicing emotional awareness as we handle our money, we can keep learning and growing. Whew, that was kind of heavy. So before we go, let's end with my last strategy for abundant budgeting, which is a lot more lighthearted. Are you ready? Strategy five is make the act of reviewing your budget a self-care practice. Abundant budgeting will come more naturally as you do it over and over. At the beginning, you might need a quick daily check-in of your accounts and make a plan for the day. As you develop a system, a 15 to 20 minute weekly meeting with yourself might be all you need. But if you're going to stick to this long term, if you're going to override the voices in your head telling you budgeting is restrictive and boring, you'll need to make it neither of those things. Decide what your abundant budgeting practice will be. Maybe you play some cheerful music, sit in a favorite chair, and have a warm cup of coffee or cocoa in a cherished mug. If you budget with pen and paper, use a nice notebook and a quality pen. You're a mom. I know you probably don't get an immense amount of time to yourself. So take this moment of self-care. Schedule it in your phone on a recurring basis and honor that meeting. Maybe your kiddos are being difficult when that alarm goes off and you have to shift it 15 minutes or an hour, but don't skip it. Personally, I do our family budget updates after the kids are in bed. In the winter, like it is right now, I sit on the part of the couch closest to the wood stove. I curl up under my favorite blanket, a purple fleece blanket my mom had embroidered with my wedding date that my husband and I actually used to keep warm between photos at our small outdoor wedding that was in the fall and freakishly cold. I tell my husband that I'm working on the budget and that when I'm done making updates, we can chat about where we stand, but he knows to let me get the updates in and settled without talking. Sometimes I play music, sometimes I don't, but there's a ritual to the whole process and that's comforting. If budgeting at night when you're tired seems like a bad idea, I love the idea of letting your kids watch a show on a weekend morning while you go to a quiet place somewhere else in the house to do your budget. Your weekly money check-in probably won't take a whole episode of a show, at least not always, so take those extra few minutes at the end to just relax, stretch, read a book. What your routine looks like is going to be unique to you and your family. You'll tweak it. At the beginning, you might need more comfort aspects to help you honor the meeting with yourself, but those may fall away and your routine may simplify as handling your money becomes more natural. Budgeting and money management is a radical act of self-care. You're aligning your spending in your life with your values. You're creating security for yourself and your family. It might not sound as exciting as a pedicure, but it's way more powerful. So mama, let's recap. How do we budget from a place of abundance and thriving instead of scarcity? One, we get clear on what our budget gives us, not what it takes away. Two, we rename our budget categories to better reflect the value of our expenses. Three, we keep joy and gratitude in our lives no matter how tight money feels in the moment. Four, we pay attention to and honor our emotions. Five, we make our budget practice a regular self-care routine. Truly, I'm not here for your lattes or your monthly massages. You do what makes you happy. Instead, I want you to budget so you can go and get your massage, if that's a priority for you, without the guilt and worry. I want you to feel confident that your money is serving your values and your goals. When you think about money, I want you to feel content, competent, and thriving. And the right budget practice can help you do that. Mamas, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and chatting about budgeting with abundance. I hope it helped you look at budgeting in a different and more joyful light. I also want to thank our sponsor, Debt.com, for helping me make this episode possible. 
You can view the full show notes of this episode at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash seven. That's just the number seven. And you can download your free copy of our Healthy Money Mantras worksheets. Keep talking money, mamas. I'll see you next time. We'll be right back. 